Section 5 of The Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf. Translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 5 The School Examination. When the little girl was six years old, Jan went along with her to the Östanby school one day to listen to the examinations. This being the first and only schoolhouse the parish boasted, naturally every one was glad that at last a long-felt want had been met. In the old days Sexton Blackie had no choice but to go about from farmhouse to farmhouse with his pupils. Up until the year 1860, when the Östanby school was built, the Sexton had been compelled to change classrooms every other week, and many a time he and his little pupils had sat in a room where the housewife prepared meals and the man of the house worked at a carpenter's bench, where the old folk lay abed all day and the chickens were cooped under the sofa. But just the same it had gone rather well with the teaching, for Sexton Blackie was a man who could command respect in all weathers still it must have been a relief to him to be allowed to work in a room that was to be used only for school purposes where the walls were not lined with cubby beds and shelves filled with pots and pans and tools where there was no obstructing loom in front of the window to shut out the daylight and where women neighbors could not drop in for a friendly chat over the coffee cups during school hours here the walls were hung with illustrations of Bible stories, with animal pictures and portraits of Swedish kings. Here the children had little desks with low benches, and did not have to sit perched up round a high table, where their noses were hardly on a level with the edge. And here Sexton Blackie had a desk all to himself, with spacious drawers and compartments for his record-books and papers. Now he looked rather more impressive during school hours than in former days, when he had often heard lessons while seated upon the edge of a hearth, with a roaring fire at his back and the children huddled on the floor in front of him. Here he had a fixed place for the blackboard and hooks for maps and charts, so that he did not have to stand them up against doors and sofa backs. He knew, too, where he had his goose quills, and could teach the children how to make strokes and curves, so that each one of them would some day be as fine a penman as himself. It was even possible to train the children to rise in a body and march out in line, like soldiers. Indeed, no end of improvements could be introduced now that the schoolhouse was finished. Glad as was every one of the new school, the parents did not feel altogether at ease in the presence of their children, after they had begun to go there. It was as if the youngsters had come into something new and fine, from which their elders were excluded. Of course it was wrong of the parents to think this, when they should have been pleased that the children were granted so many advantages which they themselves had been denied. The day Jan of Rufflock visited the school, he and his little Glory Goldie walked hand in hand as usual all the way like good friends and comrades. 
but as soon as they came in sight of the schoolhouse and glory goldie saw the children assembled outside she dropped her father's hand and crossed to the other side of the road then in a moment she ran off and joined a group of children during the examination jan sat near the teacher's lectern up among the school commissioners and other fine folk he had to sit there otherwise he could not have seen anything of glory goldie but the back of her neck as she sat in the front row to the right of the lectern where the smaller children were placed in the old days jan would never have gone so far forward but one who was father to a little girl like glory goldie did not have to regard himself as the inferior of anybody glory goldie could not have helped seeing her father from where she sat yet she never gave him a glance it was as if he did not exist for her on the other hand glory goldie's gaze was fixed upon her teacher who was then examining the older pupils on the left side of the room they read from books pointed out different countries and cities on the map and did sums on the blackboard and the teacher had no time to look at the little tots on the right so it would not have mattered very much if glory goldie had sent her father an occasional side glance but she never so much as turned her head toward him however it was some little comfort to him that all the other children did likewise they too sat the whole time with their clear blue eyes fastened on their teacher the little imps made believe they understood him when he said something witty or clever for then they would nudge each other and giggle no doubt it was a surprise to the parents to see how well the children conducted themselves throughout the examination but sexton blackie was a remarkable man he could make them do almost anything as for jan of ruffluck he was beginning to feel embarrassed and troubled he no longer knew whether it was his own little girl who sat there or somebody else's of a sudden he left his place among the school commissioners and moved nearer the door at last the teacher was done examining the older pupils now came the turn of the little ones those who had barely learnt their letters they had not acquired any vast store of learning to be sure but a few questions had to be put to them also besides they were to give some account of the story of the creation first they were asked to tell who it was that created the world that they knew of course and then unhappily the teacher asked them if they knew of any other name for god now all the little ABCers were stumped their cheeks grew hot and the skin of their foreheads was drawn into puckers but they could not for the life of them think out the answer to such a profound question among the larger children over on the right there was a general waving of hands and whispering and tittering but the eight small beginners held their mouths shut tight and not a sound came from them glory goldie was as mum as the rest there is a prayer which we repeat every day said the teacher what do we call god there now glory goldie had it she knew the teacher wanted them to say they called god father and raised her hand 
what do we call god glory goldie he asked glory goldie jumped to her feet her cheeks aflame her little yellow pigtail of a braid pointing straight out from her neck we call him jan she answered in a high penetrating voice immediately a laugh went up from all parts of the room the gentry the school board parents and children all chuckled even the schoolmaster appeared to be amused glory goldie went red as a beet and her eyes filled up the teacher rapped on the floor with the end of his pointer and shouted silence whereupon he said a few words to explain the matter it was father glory goldie wanted to say of course but said jan instead because her own father's name is jan we can't wonder at the little girl for i hardly know of another child in the school who has so kind a father as she has i have seen him stand outside the schoolhouse in rain and bluster waiting for her and i have seen him come carrying her to school through blizzards when the snow was knee-deep in the road so who can wonder at her saying jan when she must name the best she knows the teacher patted the little girl on the head the people all smiled but at the same time they were touched glory goldie sat looking down not knowing what she should do with herself but jan of ruffluck felt as happy as a king for it had suddenly become clear to him that the little girl had been his the whole time the contest it was strange about the little girl of ruffluck and her father they seemed to be so entirely of one mind that they could read each other's thoughts in svartsjö lived another schoolmaster who was an old soldier he taught in an out-of-the-way corner of the parish and had no regular schoolhouse as had the sexton but he was greatly beloved by all children the youngsters themselves hardly knew they went to school to him but thought they came together just to play the two schoolmasters were the best of friends but sometimes the younger teacher would try to persuade the older one to keep abreast of the times and wanted him to go in for phonetics and other innovations the old soldier generally regarded such things with mild tolerance once however he lost his temper just because you've got a schoolhouse you think you know it all blackie he let fly but i'll have you understand that my children know quite as much as yours even if they do have only farmhouses to sit in yes i know returned the sexton and have never said anything to the contrary i simply mean that if the children could learn a thing with less effort well what then bristled the old soldier the sexton knew from the old man's tone that he had offended him and tried to smooth over the breach anyhow you make it so easy for your pupils that they never complain about their lessons maybe i make it too easy for them snapped the old man maybe i don't teach them anything he shouted striking the table with his hand what on earth has come over you tyberg said the sexton you seem to resent everything i say well you always come at me with so many illusions just then other people happened in and soon all was smooth between the schoolmasters when they parted company they were as good friends as ever 
but when old man tyberg was on his way home the sexton's remarks kept cropping up in his mind and now he was even angrier than before why should that stripling say i could teach the children more if i kept abreast of the times he muttered to himself he probably thinks i'm too old though he doesn't say it in plain words tyberg could not get over his exasperation and as soon as he reached home he told it all to his wife why should you mind the sexton's chatter said the wife youth is elastic but age is solid as the saying goes you're excellent teachers both of you little good you're saying it he grunted others will think what they like just the same the old man went about for days looking so glum that he quite distressed his wife can't you show them they are in the wrong she finally suggested how show them what do you mean i mean that if you know your pupils to be just as clever as the sextons of course they are he struck in then you must see that your pupils and his get together for a test examination the old man pretended not to be interested in her proposition but all the same it caught his fancy and some days later the sexton received a letter from him wherein he proposed that the children of both schools be allowed to test their respective merits the sexton was not averse to this of course only he wanted to have the contest held some time during the christmas holidays so that it could be made a festive occasion for the children that was a happy conceit thought he now i shan't have to review any lessons this term nor was it necessary it was positively amazing the amount of reading and studying that went on just then in the two schools the contest was held the evening of the day after christmas the schoolroom had been decorated for the occasion with spruce trees on which shone all the church candles left over from the christmas matins and there were apples enough to give every child two apiece it was whispered about that the parents and guardians who had come to listen to the children would be served with coffee and cakes the chief attraction however was the big contest on one side of the room sat the soldiers pupils on the other the sextons and now it was for the children to defend their teachers reputations schoolmaster tyberg had to examine the sexton's pupils and the sexton the tyberg pupils any questions that could not be answered by the one school were to be taken up by the other each question had to be duly recorded so that the judges would be able to decide which school was the better the sexton opened the contest he proceeded rather cautiously at first but when he found that he had a lot of clever children to deal with he went at them with harder and harder the tyberg pupils were so well grounded they did not let a single quiz get by them then came old man tyberg's turn at questioning the sexton's pupils the soldier was no longer angry with the sexton now that his children had shown that they knew their bits the demon of mischief flew into him at the start he put a few straight questions to the sexton's pupils but being unable to remain serious for long at a time he soon became as waggish as he usually was at his own school 
of course i know that you have read a deal more than we have who come from the backwoods said he you have studied natural science and much else still i wonder if any of you can tell me what the stones in mutala stream are not one of the sexton's pupils raised a hand but on the other side hand after hand shot up yet in the sexton's division sat olof oleson he who knew he had the best head in the parish and dernol of good old peasant stock but they could not answer there was karin svens the sprightly lass of a soldier's daughter who had not missed a day at school she with the others wondered why the sexton had not told them what there was remarkable about the stones in motala stream schoolmaster tyberg stood looking very grave while schoolmaster blackie sat gazing at the floor much perturbed i don't see but we'll have to let this question go to the opposition said the soldier teacher fancy so many bright boys and girls not being able to answer an easy question like that at the last moment glory goldie turned and looked back at her father as was her habit when not knowing what else to do jan was too far away to whisper the answer to her but the instant the child caught her father's eye she knew what she must say then in her eagerness she not only raised her hand but stood up her schoolmates all turned to her expectantly and the sexton looked pleased because the question would not be taken away from his children they are wet shouted glory goldie without waiting for the question to be put to her for the time was up the next second the little girl feared she had said something very stupid and spoiled the thing for them all she sank down on the bench and hid her face under the desk so that no one should see her well answered my girl said the soldier teacher it's lucky for you sexton pupils there was one among you could reply for with all your cocksureness you were about to lose the game and such peals of laughter as went up from the children of both schools and from the grown folk as well the two schoolmasters had never heard some of the youngsters had to stand up to have their laugh out while others doubled in their seats and shrieked that put an end to all order now i think we'd better remove the benches and take a swing round the christmas trees said old man Tyberg and never before had they had such fun in the schoolhouse and never since either end of section 5 read by lars rolander